Welcome to Spiritual Changemakers, the podcast that guides you through tough times with practical tools and inspiring stories. I'm Andrea Thomas, your host and the Sacred Transitions Coach. Join us as we hear from spiritual changemakers who have connected with their higher power and overcame adversity. Whether you are navigating a difficult transition or seeking to deepen your spiritual practice, our podcast provides guidance to help you find magic in the change. Come on this journey of self-discovery, empowerment, and transformation with us and unlock your potential to become your best self. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new podcast episode. I'm so excited because we're going to have fun. We are going to go deep and we are going to share with you some really freaking inspiring stories and life-changing tools that you can apply in your life. And I'm so excited for today's guest because this guy has a very, very transformational story that he's going to share with you and a story that just shows the resilience that we can have as human beings and i love what he's about we recently met at mountain valley university and we had a beautiful connection i found out about his very powerful life story so i decided that it's a must to have him on this podcast because if there is something that he really fits in is that he's definitely a spiritual change maker so here we have a as a guest on the spiritual journey maker. And Wendy, uh, thank you so, so much. It's a, an absolute pleasure. I'm truly grateful that we've met, that you invited me to this. And I watched your uh, episodes. I watched your Instagram account. And it's so inspirational and so deep that I'm truly blessed to be here with you and with your audience. So thank you so much. And thank you for saying yes, for taking out of your precious time. And take it to each and every one of you because we really value your time. This is the most precious thing we have. So what we gonna do, we gonna make sure you guys gonna have a lot of fun with us and that you gonna take a lot of golden nuggets and pieces that you can start applying today and really much learn how to become more resilient. Because I feel like that's part of your story. Like resilient. And before we dive deeper into your story, I would love to ask you, what is spirituality for you? Because you are definitely also very, very spiritual. I've seen your, your content, you're part of Mind Valley, so we know whoever is part of Mind Valley, that's part of the identity as well. Yeah, a uh, beautiful question. Uh, spirituality for me is beyond the material, beyond the understanding that is only understandable for the eye and for the perceptions or the projections that we all emit. So it's something so deep and profound and touches you and allows you to touch the highest self, the highest powers, the universe. And however we call the highest self and the highest beings, that we are, I, I do believe that there's God in all of us. There is universe in all of us. We are the divine particle. Um, so I do believe that spirituality is already embedded in us. We are spiritual beings from the minute we were conceived, as we were brought up into here. Unfortunately, then the layers of society conditioning programs have stopped us from being the spiritual beings that we are, because I do believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So it's way beyond this material, physical form that we are, that we were gifted with. We came here as a spiritual being in this form and just experiencing life. And yeah. I hope, I hope, I hope that's a, that's a good enough explanation what spirituality is. It's, it's amazing. There is no wrong relations here around spirituality. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the reason I asked you to name one of my guests because everyone has a different view, a different perspective, and different way of describing it. So I want to make sure we give our listeners a broad range for them identify and people choose and create their own. 
So thank you Absolutely. for for sharing yours. And I know you are big on mindfulness, on fitness. Like fitness is your jam, but not just fitness. It's mindful fitness. So how is a little bit, how did you got to create this concept and help clients of Islam? I found that throughout all the years and all the practices that I was doing, I was missing something. I was missing links. So either I was going through strength training, cardiovascular training, or any type of fitness activity, I was missing the link to the thought and the things that were showing up. And I had battled a lot of body identification challenges. For me, from as I was a teenager, I was bullied mentally and physically by my classmates. So my purest mind thought, okay, I need to obviously look a certain way to feel like I belong, to feel like I'm accepted. So for many years, I just tried really hard to have a body that will fit the standard and I'll be accepted and belong. So when I was doing any type of training, I was missing the links to the thoughts that I was having because the thoughts were constantly saying and repeating to me, you're not good enough, unworthy. You don't look good enough. They won't accept you. And I was like, what is this? What's going on? I'm doing the training bits. I'm going through exercise routines, but actually I'm feeling unfulfilled and I'm feeling very disconnected. So throughout the years, I found that the link between mindfulness and fitness have been lost and I really wanted to connect that. And of course, the part of, and that's a big chapter of my story as well, uh, which I know we're going to touch on, which has really woken up the true warrior for mindfulness and fitness brought together was the part when I was diagnosed and I was going through the diagnosis and then the healing through cancer. And that was the moment really when I started to understand why are we putting things into separation? Okay, fitness is this, meditation is this, mindfulness is this, breathwork is this. And I'm like, why can't we not just combine it all together and create this combined energy force that we already are and create it from within us? So mindful fitness only showed up 11 years ago. And that is exactly when I went through the path of being diagnosed, battling cancer. And from that moment onwards, yeah, I not only founded the business, but I was able to bring it to Mind Valley, where we met, to Tallinn, but also to different stages all around the world. And inspire people to not only move consciously, move mindfully, but also be able to appreciate themselves without judgment and comparison. And then you use as well the power of breathwork to bring them closer to the higher divine, the spiritual being that they are. So it could be a very interesting conversation. <laughs> and I want us to go a little bit deeper into your story. And into when you were diagnosed with cancer. Thanks God, I was never diagnosed, but as you probably have seen already, I have been for that with my life part. And that it's like life altering. It's like shifting and changing everything. And I would love to hear, first and foremost, what do you think for you personally, for your story, led to that, to be diagnosed with cancer? Mm. And what stage was it? Where were you at in that moment when you were diagnosed with cancer? Mm. Yeah, I, that's actually a very vital point that, that you just mentioned because all the experiences, the tips and tools and strategies, they've worked for me and worked for my clients. But I want to make sure that everyone understands that your experiences are very individual. Thank you, Andrea, for mentioning this because it's super important. And, and of course, cancer can be for many cultures and many um, societies, a very destructive bit of information. And I know that from my own upbringing and my family was battling probably more with the idea that I have cancer than I was having mm -hmm. cancer. So there was a lot going on in my mind and in my head, how to maneuver my family and tell them everything's going to be okay. But in regards to your question, I, I was leading a very successful on the exterior side life super high position in the corporate world. I managed and then directed and led teams of over a hundred people. And it was, I thought it was a dream come true, but now I know that it was more a dream than I was fulfilling for my parents, my grandmother, because they were very proud of me being the first foreigner that is somewhere climbing up the ladder so high. And that's okay. Again, everyone's going through their own generational challenges, mm -hmm. as I like to call them. Uh, and sometimes we forget about that. 
So up until the age of 28, I was um, very young and I was a director leading a very successful ex on the exterior life, but I was missing the link and the connection to myself and to my dreams. What are my goals? How is my health? What is my well-being? I was just very numb or even blind to mental health uh, challenges, physical health challenges. So for me, it was all about going, going, going just because somebody else told me to go. And I was going so fast that I completely lost my identity, who I was, who I am, and my kind of overall sense. Hold on a second. Take a moment and pause. This is why it's so important for me to talk about physical health and body uh, sensations that we're holding in mm -hmm. our body because obviously with all the uh, traumas and emotional distress, it's all sticking to our body. It's all part of our body. So this is why somatic movement releases are so important in my job and in the world that I do. So what I was do, I was working, 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 working nonstop. And it got to the point where I was so tired, so exhausted. Stress was on the rise, but I thought it's normal. Everyone now talks about burnout. Every time I talk to my clients, if you're going through a burnout, you don't know you're going through a burnout. You're really well-equipped with masking a burnout, very well-equipped because you've been really well challenged by life, by, by your colleagues, by your peers to just mask it. So we're so good that if people talk about burnout, we're like, oh, that's not us. We're just very hardworking people. And, and can you give people some, some symptoms and medications for that to know if right now, for example, they are going up or burnout? Yeah, I think the, the greatest indicator is Observe the way you feel first thing in the morning when you wake up. Even um, before that, how is your sleep? Are you throughout your sleep really resting? Because I also don't believe in quantity of sleep, but quality of sleep. People keep saying five hours, seven hours, nine hours. That doesn't really matter that much. It's all about the quality and how restful is your night. So if you start observing that you are waking up in the middle of the night with some panic attacks and thinking, oh my God, I forgot the report. Oh my God, how should I? And quickly grabbing your emails and sending email reminders. And I had assistance. I was quite blessed with the amount of things that I had. Um, but if you're also another indicator in the morning, if you wake up and the first thing you think is not you, how can I befriend myself in the morning? And how can I prioritize myself in the morning? What do I do for myself? And instead of that, I rush to get into work. I have a quick cup of coffee. I am already like buzzing, buzzing, buzzing because. I'm just trying to read the report. That is an indicator that you should really start watching and observing everything else around you because you might be not only heading, but you might be literally in the middle of a burnout. And for me, there was a moment which I, I mean, it's so obvious now when I was on holidays and I was so proud that I'm reaching for my phone and calling my assistants and asking them, how is everything? How are the reports? How are the sales? Are you reaching the targets? And I remember they were all like, you're on holidays, relax. And I'm like, no, no, no. I love this. This is my job. I love this. I embody this. Back then, again, I didn't know I was going to burn out of chronic stress. But now from looking at it, I know that my body was aching and very tired and very exhausted. And I, I basically didn't have time for anything else rather than work. I had no personal life. Everything was just work, like 95% of the time. It was just full dedication to work. And um, I realized, and that's exactly what kind of led me to, uh, to the situation where I was diagnosed and I was rushed into hospital because, and it's, it's funny because it's funny, not funny because I, I talk about this quite openly, but I do believe they were all manifestors, right? We, you, you, we're all manifesting, if whether we believe it or not. And unfortunately, it got to the point where I was so tired that intuitively, my body really wanted to rest. And what it was asking me is basically take a rest day, week. And the only way the mind could comprehend that was by saying then you should be sick. So initially, and I thought that's a brilliant idea because I was never able to call, call work and ask for a week off without actually being sick. So my, my first, I remember this very vividly. My first thought was, I actually, I think if I have the flu, I'll be out for and manifested the flu. And I was so happy. I was so thankful. I was grateful that I can be at home, rest, be in bed, 
yes, sickness, no worries. I'm a hardcore guy. I can do this. No worries at all. But after obviously the flu, so with manifestation, you put it, you plant a seed, but then you put so much emotion, so much fire in it, so much thankfulness, so much thank you. I remember there's tears. So the universe, highest spirit was like, what's going on here? Okay. This guy obviously really needed a break. So he really appreciated a break. But then I went back to work. A couple of months later, I felt again, run down. I couldn't function anymore. I was like, oh my God, this is taking all my life energy from me. And I was like, maybe if I have something like angina. And I literally brought in angina. Oh my God. So I was for, for two weeks sick with angina. Again, thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be out sick. Now, at that time as well, I wasn't really big into spirituality, into mindfulness, meditation. That was very, I was the one saying, I'm too busy to, to be meditating. Mm -hmm. And that's also another tip. If you start saying to yourself that you're too busy to work on yourself or to do something for yourself, like a walk in nature or just resting, that is also quite a big indicator that you need to observe what is going on. And are you really, really, really on the path of fulfillment for yourself or for somebody else? And then, of course, now you're probably going to ask cancer. But of course, I did not ask for cancer. Of course, it's nobody like I know, but, and I obviously know that it's a very sensitive subject as well. I absolutely know. But what I believe happened is that I was on such a toll, like a snowball effect that the universe, well, this guy is happy when he's sick. He can rest because I was again going through burnouts, chronic stress, really feeling like the anxiety is building up. The stress was just taking over. And then in January, 2012, I, yeah, I lost suddenly 17 kilograms in two weeks. And I, and you could really see it. Like my face was just like all the fat, all the tissue. I was literally looking very ill and I was rushing to hospital. And after a week of intense, intense tests, I've done every, I've, I had bone marrow checked. I had just, cause the doctors were like, that's very unusual. You're 28 years old, healthy on the outlook. What's going on? And they weren't able to pinpoint what was going on. And uh, yeah, it got to the point where after a week of tests and x-rays and everything, they brought me into a room and they told me, yes, you're uh, diagnosed with cancer. you got stomach cancer. And it was just like in a movie. I could not hear anymore what the doctor was saying to me. I just saw his mouth opening. And I remember just sitting there. He had a window and I looked outside the window and I was like, did he just say cancer? Did, what? What? How, how is... So, so I was, I felt like I'm in a movie. I'm in a movie that is, that I'm studying the actor that I have to be the, the lead's character in. And I was like, this is just not me. And from that moment onwards, started my journey to self-healing, transforming and understanding the power that we actually all have of not only breathing, becoming more mindful, moving more mindfully, but also become more aware about our overall physical and mental well-being. And you also, you mentioned that in two weeks, you have lost 17 yeah. kilos, yeah. which is a lot. And would you attribute that to the fact that you heard diagnosis? Mm. No, because that was actually, that was just before. So It was so before. Just, it was before. Okay. So, just, so before, so basically, initially the doctors thought that I have a sort of bowel infection because mm -hmm. basically food was not holding on to me. There was okay. nothing. So any, anything that I was eating was basically not sticking to my body. So first week, antibiotics, not to worry. It's just a bowel infection. Mm -hmm. We got you. It's all good. And then in the second week, the doc, I could see my own, uh, you know, JP, general practitioner. She was like, okay, she's, this is quite serious. And I don't know what it is. And we need to really find out what is going on with a healthy 28-year-old man without any history of cancer in his family. So that was, that was a shock. And that's, that's when I went to the hospital for mm -hmm. another week of tests. And, uh, and then, yeah, they were also feeding me through the drip at this stage. And it was just, yeah, the diagnosis came then. Wow. Yeah. Because like with my partner, I think it took us like around two months to actually mm. find out what was going on. And mm. for him, it was telling him, oh, you have kidney infection yeah. because he had problems previously with a kidney. You have kidney infection and they gave him a treatment for kidney and then it was just getting worse and worse and we're like that's not it 
Yeah. And so that's two months until we found out the, the final diagnosis. And you met so many things there where you said before you found out the diagnosis, you were feeling disconnected, chronic stress, yeah. burned out. So like these major things and how would you say was besides this, your lifestyle, like your exercising, your food, how, how are those? I'm curious. This is a soup. This is actually, I, I love to talk about this because I always say as well, do not, I am the purest example of do not judge a book by a cover. Don't. Because, and I am very proud and happy how my body looks now, how functional and strong it is. And, uh, but before that, like before the diagnosis, I wasn't exercising. I really despised working out. Also, that was linked to the fact that I was bullied by athletes. I was bullied by, by guys that were into sports, they were swimmers. And I was the average guy. I was just a, a teenage boy. I was 12, 13 years old. I was just like, I, and I transferred from one school to the next. So for me, sport equaled bully. And, that, and that's, you know yourself. The mind wants to label things very quickly. It wants us to have an answer to a lot of things. It's like, we just go by religion, race, gender, sexuality, blah, blah, blah. We just go, blah, blah, blah. and there's a label, 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 label. And then the mind is like, okay, now I can chill because I've labeled everyone. So for me, it was a big thing because I literally was like, I didn't participate in any sport. I didn't even watch football. I didn't watch any sports because I'm like, no, 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 they're bullies. And I don't want to be associated with sports because I don't want to have anything to do with the bully type. So basically, before that exercise, non-existing. And then throughout my journey, if I may just quickly touch on this, I, I studied sports science and I decided to really investigate and invest my time in understanding how the body works. What is going on in this body? How could I have developed a disease, an illness so profound because I was so disconnected? I had no idea how the heart beats, what is uh, the sympathetic nervous system, what is the parasympathetic nervous system, how I can calm myself down. I had no idea that we are so powerful to do this. The first couple of years I studied I moved more Then I, whatever I was doing for myself, for my body, and I saw the results and I saw how connected I started to become with how the muscles are working, how my joints, how the range of movement is working. Where is the burn? What is the pain? Am I actually feeling pain or is it actually good, pleasant, good stress mm -hmm. for the body? And all of these things brought me into mindful fitness and my fit coach, the, the business that I, that I run. And then I was able to put that onto the plans, progress plans of my clients. And that's how the mindful fitness and the movement have, have gone now viral and is everywhere. And I'm so blessed. In regards to food, I was never really paying attention uh, to food. I was just eating very quickly, had loads of coffees because I'm just too busy. So it was, it was very much rushed without paying attention. I had no idea what, what good food is, no idea. So I was very much living yeah, uh, uh, that's what I mean by disconnected life. Because I, I was just like, should I drink more water? Who cares? I'm having coffee. Should I eat this food? No, I don't have time. I've got five minutes to squeeze this in because then I have another meeting. So there was a lot of things that now even talking to you, I'm realizing, and thank you for that, because I love, this is why I love two minds coming together and then realizing more things that are happening. But uh, yeah, and after that, of course, in the process now, I eat a very balanced food intake. So I used to be vegan, vegetarian, meat, pescatarian, but now I decided to go more balanced and whatever my body needs, I give to my body. Amazing. Yeah. And from my research, because for me, for example, after I found out about my partner's diagnosis, for me, one way to deal with it is that they went to full mode of controlling things. And one way to control was me doing research. What are the best treatments out there? And I was already in this like holistic uh, mentality. And I've done so much research. I came across so many different treatments. And what I also ended up learning is that when we deal with such a type of disease, that it doesn't really happen because of one factor. Yeah. It happens because of all these things that also just touch on the stress, the disconnection, the food, not exercising. So it's a combination 
of things that bring to to this result. And then my thought was like, okay, that means also for the healing, you have to approach it in the same way. You have to approach it in a holistic way, where is the mind, body, and spirit, the, the spiritual, what you sit in, what you exercise, everything. Yeah. And in that moment, it was easy for me. I understood it, but I was, I was also not the one that dealing with our disease. I was the caregiver. I was the one on the outside. And I remember trying to control his action and what, what he was doing and his treatment and what he was eating and how, how well do you think that works for me? Unfortunately, and this is also from my own experience, the one thing that I kept from the corporate world is that strategy planning and have it all, try to, sort, try to figure it all out, right? We need to understand we know if there's a question, there must be an answer. When now, after many years now, obviously this is, I love this journey that I'm on. I understand that a question doesn't have to be answered. And sometimes, and as you said, it's so many factors that are playing a big role into this or that outcome that we need to be very mindful not to say, oh, it's because of this or it's because of this. Because it, that's, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. And I, yeah. funny you said that because the first thing actually that, came to my mind, it's so easy to be having a spiritual burnout as well. And sometimes forget that we, we know we're talking about corporate burnout. We're talking about, no, no, no. You know, and I, I was going in that direction as well. I was reading so many self-help books, meditating for hours, breathing for hours, moving for hours. And I was like, what am I doing? So it got to the point where, oh my God, be blessed and listen to the body because the body will always, always, always send you sensations and signals what it wants to work well with the mind. So I do love to say you need to befriend the body and the mind because it's all about, there's no, and, and I really, and this is a big, big topic for me. I don't appreciate when people start demonizing one thing. So demonizing the thoughts. Oh yeah, the mind. Oh yeah, because it's programs, conditioning. No, they served you for a while. It's like everything that has happened has led you to this point in your life and look at it from a point of, wow, okay, I see it, I observe it, but I think it's time to let go in a non-judgmental, okay way. It, it all, it's all, I believe in all happening for you. I do believe in this journey of holistic healing transformation, because as you mentioned, if it was such a long period of my life that led me to cancer, how can I even expect it to be a month of recovery? No. And I am, and, and this is big because people nowadays, again, they want to go, give me quick results, quick, 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 come on, come on, well, how can I be? And, and in all fairness, we've been programmed like this as well. You, you look at the shelf of magazines and it's like, 12 weeks to this, 10 days to this, five days to stress-free life. I'm like, no. And sometimes my client, my clients go, really? I'm like, no, hold on. You've got time. It's a journey. Enjoy it. The process, see it, be with the results. And appreciate every single step that you're taking and just take a moment. Wow. Okay. I have reflected and I've, I've actually gone whew, this amazing few months, years, and I can see how much I've achieved up until now. And I'm very grateful for it all. Yes. That is so big. It's to the lifestyle that we get to create. It's not, oh, I'm going to shift this one thing right now, but then, you know, two weeks and a few months, I'm going to go back to the old habits. And I remember when I was changing a lot uh, within my, my way, it was like this up and down, up and down, up and down. And the reason it was because I was dieting mm. and I was not having a lifestyle. And the moment I realized, I'm like, wait, dieting doesn't really work. Like, it's not about cutting some things for a little bit, but then getting back to it because the yo-yo effect, it's actually about creating a lifestyle. And when I understood that, that's when I was able to, to stay with the result and maintain my proper ideal way. Mm -hmm. And coming back to what really gets us sick, what gets us sick and how do we recover? And not just that, but how do you choose the approaches, the treatments? Because there are people 
out there and I would love to hear about your treatment choice too, because there are people out there who are like, I'm only going to do the Western, the chemo, and I'm going to put my life into these doctor's hands. This is how I look at it. And I'm like, no, especially when you deal with something that's like life-changing, life-altering, you have to take your health into your own hands. This is where you take responsibility for your own life. So it's so important. Do your research. Do what yeah. works for you, what seeks you, because no yeah. doctor and no one out there is going to know better than you. So trusting yourself. But how do you balance, especially in dealing with such a disease, how do you balance in between the Western medicine and the Eastern, the alternative holistic treatments? And what was your journey on it? And I'm very honest about this journey because I decided to trust the doctors and the, the, the pharmacology, the, the oncology unit that I was blessed to be in, in, in mm -hmm. Ireland, in Dublin. And I, I, and I had to undergo 16 chemotherapies. And again, because prior to that, I was disconnected from my spiritual side mm -hmm. and I didn't know about movement, breathwork, meditation and self-healing. And there is, I do believe in combining a professional research based and asking questions, why, how come, what is the alternative? And finding out from different sources, what can be the alternative? But then, as you beautifully mentioned, invest the time because it's your health. It's all, it's you. It's, and there's nobody, nobody else. Obviously, yes, your journey will be affecting the people around you, but you are going through this. So understand that in the journey that you're on, you need to take so many steps it's almost like a salsa dance. You step forward, you step back. Should I do this? Should I not do this? I, I think I'm going to do this. Maybe. So you, you must question a lot of the things that are showing up. And of course, now, nowadays we've got, I call it Dr. Google, internet. So everyone, everyone's now an expert. So be very mindful about what you choose and what to pick. I, I would say the, the balance of, of Western Eastern has been proven to me super incredibly helpful and really he healed me, helped me heal, but I also understood, and this is something incredible because this came from being very mindful and suddenly understanding that I need to listen to my body. It's almost like intuitively when this was happening, there was a dialogue happening in me between the mind and the body, like the brain and the thoughts and the past and the stories where my body almost said to my, my mind, we're going to give you a bit of rest because you obviously have led us to this moment in time. And let me now take over and send Piot body sensations on what he should be doing next. And in a, in a beautiful way possible, the mind stepped out and the body took over. By that, throughout my chemotherapies, I was working out. I asked my, my doctors, is it okay? My doctors were like, maybe you, are, you shouldn't. I was like, I will. And they were like, maybe. I was like, yeah, I will. So. The way you communicate between the body and the mind, and your mindset is crucial in this. It's just so important to have a very clear mindset about, first of all, that, okay, I have been diagnosed. I heard this, but it's not me. I'm not attaching myself to this, right? Because I want to get rid of it as soon as possible. So this was very important for me. And I, I'm not sure whether I told you this before, but for the first 12 months, of the treatments and me going through it, I have maybe mentioned twice, not even the word cancer, but I said, I have the big C. Yeah. I completely eliminate the word from my environment. I didn't allow anyone to have pity for me. No one. Whoever came to me and said, oh, you poor thing. The first response, maybe an aggressive one was, what about you? Have you checked yourself? And people, because I was 28. So people were all my age and they were like, oh, what do you mean? I'm like, no, 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 this from an open heart. But if, if this happened to me, maybe it's best for you to find out as well. Maybe something is happening to you and then you can have treatment and then you can, but don't give me pity and how come, because I don't know how come I'm not gonna, there's no reason why one person has this and one person has this. So for me, that was very important to, to start talking between the body and the mind and have a clear mindset of, okay. Cancer is not me. The diagnosis is not the end. 
I am going to make sure that I focus on every single day because today counts. Tomorrow might not come. Yesterday, who cares? I hear some big things there. (laughs) Really, the separation from the label, no? And from what the doctor said. And then you said the frenzy. Like, focusing on the day and on the step, like, in front of you. Not worrying about, oh my God, I'm living with this, I have this, what is going to happen later on into the future because of this. You didn't let that taking over your mind and body. And I know even for me as a caregiver from the outside, that was probably one of the hardest things I had to learn, how to lead me to the present moment instead of the worry and the fear about mm-hmm. the future. Yeah, yeah. So you've You've separated yourself from the word. You didn't use the word cancer. You used big C and you told everyone around you, do not use this word around me. So you truly worked on your mindset. Yeah. yeah. And you started working out. Then how long did it take you to change your diet? Oh, it was, uh, it was, it was actually, again, intuitively, I was doing everything as a process. Because I didn't want to, because again, and this was actually the beautiful thing, having an amazing team of doctors, because they were like, do not cut out anything right now. Do not. You're not, this is already chemotherapy is a shock to your system. And by adding shocks, like changing your diet. And just, just by the way, I don't use the word diet because it has the word die in it. So I'm not using the word. And I, I, all my, all my beautiful clients and friends, I'm like, it's a food style, lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. Diet for the mind is, is almost, it's also a way of, as you said, it, it's a restriction and it will come to an end and then I'll be free again. And so we don't, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah. So it was, for me, it was a process. And I was, for example, pretty much addicted to one of the sugary drinks. So I had to cut it out slowly, mm-hmm. pacing myself from two liters to a liter and a half, to a liter, to 0.7, to 0.5, up until a can and then change it to diet. It was a full-on journey of exploration of nutrition. And there's so many beautiful books out there, so, many, so much amazing content out there. That if you really want to invest and you should in your own health and being, you should know a little bit more about what food you're eating and what is not good for you in a particular time and what is good. But, uh, but yeah, so it, it's, it was a process of coming to this moment of, okay, I'm making these small changes. I'm also adding more organic, natural foods. I'm becoming more aware of what my grandma is preparing, what she was eating. Something there was like sauerkraut and pickled gherkins. And it was just like, so there was a lot of things that I was adding and taking out in a very journey-like way. And it's gradual. Gradual. And it made me very comfortable as well that I'm not eliminating anything on a very drastic, quick way. So I was almost like manipulating slightly with the mind and bringing in also conscious thoughts to the food that I was eating. So I was really mindfully eating as well and processing what I was eating. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be mindful as well. Not only that I'm here and I'm present and I'm alive, but I also can spend now more time on appreciating that food that I'm eating, appreciating the phone call with my grandma, appreciating this. So there was a lot of things. Gratitude started for me reaching there my practice of gratitude that I hold on to, to today. And it, it has, all of these have really like a puzzle pieces come together and given this health and being me that I am right now. So beautiful. Oh, I love it. And I love how you share that you, you did the changes gradually because I know with, with my partner, especially because he was diagnosed with stage four, mm. I was like, you have to make drastic changes like right out and then of course i encountered a lot of resistance because even though you are diagnosed with something so drastically it's very hard to create drastic changes like from one day to another and i couldn't understand it because i was like what like your life is in danger how can you not make changes so was very hard for me on the other side to understand why is he not doing that? And I wish I would have known about this gradual change, but we do the best that we can in those moments. 
information we have. So you've got all these gradual changes. And what, what happened with work? Mm. So I was actually truly blessed, not only with the doctors, not only with my family, but also with work. I had an incredible supportive work environment and team. I actually worked until my third chemotherapy. So we had this beautiful meeting first initially. So this was the corporate mind. Initially, when I found out already, my mind was like, how can I say this? So maybe I'm just not going to say it. I'm going to keep showing up and it will be okay. Yeah, it's going to be fine. I might be losing my hair, but hey, it's okay. It's, it's a style. It's a no one's going to notice. No one's going to notice. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit, because I, I also asked the doctors, what will be the symptom? What will I feel after chemotherapy? And they were like, it all depends on the individual. We have no idea. You might feel super amazing or you might feel super awful. There's no comparison. So yeah, but then I decided, okay, no, I need to be very honest about this. I cannot be going into it. I trust that they will understand. And it was a beautiful meeting of the team and there were some tears that were shed. And the beautiful thing was that they were like, listen, you, you decide. Whenever you feel like resting, you can rest. But of course, because you're on a, such a high level, we will have to bring it to a different division, less stressful, but still on that level, still in regards to paychecks and everything. They were like, no, 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 we're not changing anything at all. You're not, but, but we just don't want you to be very stressful because I was running the men's division, a huge for, for, and that was a really big, massive team. And a lot of, a lot of stress with that came naturally with the environment. And so, yeah, so up until the third chemo, and that was exactly when I felt so weak at this point now, I, I lost my hair. But that was, that was actually okay for me. I had this beautiful friend that was, that went through cancer and chemotherapies as well. And he told me this beautiful advice that, that I always share as well. The minute you start having patches, shave your hair, shave it yourself, take control. It's a mindset trick that it's you that you're in control, not cancer. So I remember waking up with patches and I was of course very vulnerable and I was like, oh my God, it's happening. I can actually not only chemo is, is, is ongoing, but now I'm actually going to lose all my hair. And I did, and I, I have actually this beautiful video that I shared on Instagram where I did share my hair. And there's this moment where there's a very end that I can look out because my sister is recording the video and I'm looking out of the window and there's this, this spark in my eye go. And the spark kind of reminds me of, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but at the moment I am controlling it. I'm in control. So there's this. A bit of laughter and a bit of sadness combined all together. And you can truly see it. And I'm, I'm actually getting goosebumps now even talking about it because it's a big part of my life. And yeah. And then so throughout the third chemo, I got so tired that I remember calling my, my chief into the, one of the back offices and I was crying and I was like, it's time. It's time for me to step out. I can't do this anymore. I'm really, really tired. And she was like, thank you. Thank you you for finally taking the time for yourself but we of course will always support you and we will of course we could not tell you to go home no, no, no. it was you to make that decision so we exchanged an amazing hug an amazing conversation and and they were supporting me for many many months afterwards i received gifts i received there were constantly phone calls so i had a beautiful work environment and now afterwards <laughs> the mind tried to take over and was like I can go back to this. I can go back. So I actually go, I went, I went back into, into the world that I knew because it was something that I was so familiar with, but already I was, I came in with a different mindset. I started, so I had a team of people and I started to ask people, how are you feeling? And they were like, oh, yeah, the, the targets are this and the sales are this. I'm like, no, how are you feeling? And I suddenly read people were crying and Suddenly I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm actually looking at my team in a totally different way in such a mindful way. And I, I want to be here. I love to communicate. I love to connect to people. I love to talk and I love to listen to people and I love to share stories and I love to inspire and I love to be inspired because I do believe we're all teachers and students all the time. And, but then I realized, wow, okay, I think I need to, I think I feel I need to step out. Because this is not the environment that I can truly be myself and be connected. Because I can see the disconnections again happening. 
And if you don't mind me really quickly sharing this, because this is quite important, because initially when I got back and I had this, these team meetings and I was asking, how are people feeling? But I could sense that I'm already starting to be back into my director's shoes. I'm okay. I'm mm-hmm. running, running, running again, chasing. But then I had a phone call from my doctor who was like, it's your six month checkup. So come over. I said, oh yeah, of course. I am going to take my lunch break. I'm going to be there during lunch. And I remember saying that to my chief and he was like, take the day off. This is going to be big. I was like, no, no, it's not. I'm just going to go there, have my bloods checked. It's all going to be okay. And this is so important for you because everyone has a different approach to this. I still go back to the hospital to do my six month checkups, although I don't have to. And I'll tell you why, because when I arrived there, it was like, I realized that I have actually gone through this, that I have lived this. And I went into the oncology unit and I saw the same doctors, same nurses, same patients that were still going through chemo. Some unfortunately already passed, some were cured, some were healed, but I felt this is such a big part. I cannot just go back to work and pretend nothing has happened. And because that was the initial kind of path. So I promised myself that I will keep on going. I am now 11, five, 11 years now, like literally nine years, totally free. And after five, six years, they were like, you don't have to come back. And I was like, I will. They were like, you don't have to. I was like, I will. <laughs> and every time I go back, I'm actually realizing, you know what? This is a big part of my life. And I, I don't live in the past, but I want to remember that this is something that made me who I am today. And I'm so mindful and so connected with myself and my mission and why I want to help people, to help them prevent cancer, intervene when they go through burnouts, anything. So I need to be reminded. And the oncology unit is my greatest reminder. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. You chose to look at your, your experience, yeah. at your path, and make it your purpose. And, and for me, that it, it just makes my heart sick. It makes my heart. Like, I'm so emotional right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sh- shaking. I'm vibrating. I'm vibrating. I'm shaking. So, mwah, mwah. thank you. Thank you. And thank you. And I'm, I'm a big believer that when, when we grow through big challenges like this, that they and then that there is a purpose behind it. And that's what also what kept me going. Even after my parliament passed, I will, I made them promise that I'll be the transfer base. I, I, I hear you and I feel you and thank you for sharing that as well. There's a beautiful moment in all of this that once you connect with your emotions and your truth, and that authenticity just has to shine. You cannot stop. And then you'll be connected with so many beautiful beings around you because as a magnet, you attract. And the purpose is real and the purpose is same, same for me. I honestly feel it as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a mission. And it's so beautiful that I have learned to cry in this process without apologizing for it anymore. And your, your story, it's so inspiring for each and every one of us because it shows the power that we hold within ourselves, the power to heal, not only us, but to heal the world through sharing our story, through living our story. And I really want to thank you for, for coming here to share your story. An absolute pleasure and you're a gift. And I know that it's such a beautiful, sometimes challenging life path that we've chosen because we have to revisit the emotions and we have to revisit our authenticity. But there is, I do believe that there is so much truth in that, that it's so powerful that we can only empower more people, the planet. I do believe, and I use this almost every day when I, and I talk to the higher powers, I always say, Use me for the greater good of people, humanity, and planet Earth in the most positive, greatest way that you can. Because I do believe by sharing and seeing the tears, seeing the emotions, and allowing people, giving them the permission that it's okay to be 
emotional beings. We, there's so much armor that we have put on us ourselves and that the world taught us to, to have on all the time and to protect ourselves. And I do believe that it's time to just release it. It's time to just let go and find the tribe like Andrea, myself, and whoever's watching this, feel free to connect. Feel free to connect because the authenticity of us, it's real. It's, I want to do this. I want to do this more. And it's so beautiful. So I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you. And I know each and every one of you have a powerful story because we all go through challenging times. We all go through the dark night of the soul. And it's going to look different for everyone. So it's very important. Don't compare your story and your journey with anyone else. It just because it's different, it doesn't mean it's less than. Okay. So don't compare it. I think when we connect as, as you have connected and how, as I have connected these stories and we share from this embodied place, I think that's when we actually create the biggest shifts in the world. And this is part of my mission to help other people connect to their stories and build their purpose from their challenges. So thank you so much. And what is one last word? Because we are so well. <laughs> but what is one last word that you would like to make the audience speak? Step in to your full power because you are already powerful. You're already limitless. You're abundant. If you never used that word before or don't feel it, trust me when I say that it's all in you and it's time for you to step into that full power. And by stepping into the full power, you are not only showing for yourself that you are created from love and you're the divine, but you're also showing them the higher powers and the divine and the universe and God and Allah, that you are fully embodied and fully in this moment in time, a spiritual being having an amazing human experience and just keep showing up as your truest, most authentic self, because the right crowd, the right community will be there to hug you and to welcome you and to say, finally, we will reading. Yes. And there are people on there who are just waiting for you and for your story. So. We want to encourage to get out there and, and share it and share it with others, with the world, because your story matters. And thank you for sharing your story. I'm so grateful for having people to make Thank you, each and every one of you, for tuning in, for staying with us. I love you. I appreciate and I believe in you. Thanks for tuning in to Spiritual Changemakers Podcast. To stay connected and help us reach more people like you, please subscribe, follow, and leave a comment. Join our community of spiritual changemakers on social media to connect with like-minded individuals and continue the conversation. Remember, the power to create positive change is within you. Keep showing up as your best self and let's keep the magic of change alive. Until next time.